<laughs> okay, so Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb were two childhood friends from Chicago. They knew each other casually, but when they went to, I believe, university, I'm kind of doing this, I'm winging this a little bit. No, this is good. You're already doing really good. When they uh, went to university, they became much closer friends and were enamored of a philosophy man, a German (laughs) philosophy fellow named Friedrich Nietzsche. Chris, uh, your favorite philosopher. Yes. I believe in the Ubermensch. <laughs> well, you're not alone because Leopold and Loeb <laughs> believed that they were superior human beings capable of things no others were. And because of their superior intellect and willingness to do bad things, they were above the law. Steven Seagal. Just like Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. The slowest, the slowest martial artist in the history of time. <laughs> Steven Seagal, the first real Uberman. <laughs> Finally, Nietzsche's theories were proven correct. Um, so, because they were, they believed they were Superman who were above the law. They decided that they would commit crimes in order to become notorious. 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 Good. James is a Duran Duran guy. Uh, is that who that is? I, I thought was that kind was of so doing cry- <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a rap song. No. Oh. Okay. Keep um, talking. All right. So, they committed a series of petty crimes, little stupid shit. They basically shoplifted like teenagers do. But they became very angry that their petty acts of vandalism and thievery had not yet made the news. They wanted to be, much like many of America's young white men who shoot schools, they wanted to be on the news and make a big splash, maybe to attract the attention of some young ladies. Okay, can I show you something for a sec? Yep. You're good at this, David. By the way. That's Duran Duran? Duran Duran. Really? Is wow. This like fashion television or something? <laughs> wow, I, I, had, I had no idea. And this was the song that inspired them? <laughs> <laughs> it was Duran and Duran, the two killers. When was this, by the way, David? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, um, no, I, you might have mentioned it. I fucked up. No. DDP listens to Evil Men every episode, and I do think that he would genuinely be very good at this taking over for you when you retire i think so (laughs) but i am like logan roy which one will take over there's a bunch the guy who the creep i guess james and mike won't take over for me (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's between you and some other guys i haven't found yet (laughs) i can come up with a few names of people who can steal it from me if you want um (laughs) So, uh, so, so this is sorry. This is uh, around 1920. Okay. So, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're pals. They they grew up sort of close to each other, but they become good friends in 1920. Become obsessed with Friedrich Nietzsche's concept of, of the Superman, and begin committing a series of petty. Uh, thefts and vandalisms. They broke into a fraternity house in the University of Michigan and stole (laughs) pen knives, a camera, and a typewriter that they used to type uh, a ransom note later on where their major crime Fancy little criminals! (laughs) Instead of breaking into a sorority house and stealing (laughs) undies. (laughs) Perhaps we can get a pen knife, sir. (laughs) Get a camera. It was like 1920. The camera's still like on tripods with like those exploding... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so uh, they felt emboldened. They 
began doing more serious crimes, including arson. But nobody seemed to notice. I'm now literally reading Wikipedia. But okay. uh, no one seemed to notice, uh, and there was no media coverage of their crimes. And they hated the fact that they were nobodies. So they sat around and and rubbed each other's backs, and they gave each other massages, and they comforted each other, and then said, I've got it! What if we commit the perfect crime? So these are two guys who think that they're geniuses, who've just committed crimes for the sake of getting famous. Who we stole a typewriter, and yet our name aren't in lights. Like no one knows us on the streets. There's Jack the Ripper and Typewriter Joe. The pen knife was worth eight cents. We followed Nietzsche's teachings to the letter. We stole a typewriter and two pen knives. Uh, and we went should... crazy at our sister's head. <laughs> <laughs> we had too much Coca-Cola and then had a pillow fight. And our parents told us to be quiet. So they could go we got grounded, home. just like Nietzsche said. Uh, they should have read Hegel. Um... <laughs> Uh, I guess if they had read Spinoza, they would have become two master ethicists, <laughs> breaking in places and making things just so. Anyway, so um, they decided they wanted to commit the perfect High-minded humor. Yes. yes. Well, I did like Monty Python, so I like yeah. funny literary references to Proust and such. Things. <laughs> um, Nothing so funnier. They decide they're going to commit the perfect crime. This is really important that we keep this in mind, because they thought they were geniuses, and this crime... They spent seven months planning. They were going to commit the crime. It was going to be the most famous crime of all time. And they were going to get away with it and no one would be the wiser. So they spent seven months planning. The plan was that they were going to kidnap someone. They were then going to send ransom notes over the telephone even though they had a typewriter they they wrote a note and then they exchanged phone numbers in the note and then (laughs) we're gonna call the people they were gonna send a series of cryptic messages sort of like the uh zodiac that would take the police time to decode so they would have these like it would become like a big thing like oh the latest uh message has been decoded or whatever and uh but the real masterstroke of the crime is they will already have killed the person, and all of this would just be a smoke and mirror show to take the attention away from the real crime. That would help them get away with it. Can I ask, yeah. if, from what I remember reading about this, didn't part of the plan involve picking someone at random as a victim that they had no connection to to, for, to like complicate the solving of the crime? Ooh, that gives yes. me the willies. Yes, so uh, they hmm. looked for a victim for a long time. It was someone that they didn't know. Yes! Um, and they, were, <laughs> they wanted to murder a younger adolescent, because that's the sort of things philosophers say. We must find ourselves a younger adolescent. <laughs> Can I just ask, too, is this, was the Hitchcock movie Rope based on this? Yes. Because uh, I've seen that movie, and I thought, well, it seems like the same fucking it thing. It is based on, Rope is based on this. Okay. They also uh, committed their crime in a single take. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> um, so they uh, walked around um, uh, a school, this place called Harvard School for Boys, and <laughs> they uh, picked a kid they thought looked juicy and yummy, and they uh, picked this <laughs> random guy, Robert Franks, 14-year-old son of a wealthy Chicago watch manufacturer, 
Jacob Franks. So if any of you are wearing a Jacob Franks watch right now, know that his son was brutally killed by two supermen. That's why those watches are so good. Yeah, they keep time for all time. <laughs> um, so they kidnap him. Oh, apparently uh, Bobby Franks was Loeb's second co- uh, uh, was Loeb's second cousin from an across the street neighbor who had played tennis. At th- I guess he just recognized him. Anyway, oh, okay. um, so they put their plan into motion in May twenty first of nineteen twenty four. This is four years after they started their Superman scheme of becoming the most famous criminals and getting nowhere. So they kidnap him and uh, they trick him into uh, getting into their car, I think, right? I'm, I'm sort of uh, yeah. skimming here. But they offered him a ride home. He said he didn't want to get into the car <laughs> of strangers because the, even in the 20s, they were like, don't do that. So they, this kid's walking just hears, beep, beep. Yeah. And he turns yeah. and sees these two fancy boys in the car. <laughs> <laughs> With monocles and like long cigarette holders. being like, oh, dear boy. He's just a typewriter in the back seat and his eyes go wide. <laughs> God, is that a pen knife? <laughs> um, that's what kids sounded like in the 20s. Although he was 14. Chris, what does a 14-year-old sound like in the 1920s? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the drugstore for a beer. Um, it's oh. funny that cars were like brand new and they were still like, don't get in a strange one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, don't get in that They didn't even have carriage. like roofs or walls. You could have just jumped out. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. They didn't even have And they went like twenty seats. kilometers an hour. <laughs> when cars were first invented, two things happened. Uh they took they made porn in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't go in them if a stranger's in yeah. them. Uh, bang model T. I don't know. I, I, there's a bang bus. Bang Joe. gray ghost. Um, oh, remember the Rolls Royce gray ghost toy you could order? From, <laughs> what the for fuck like was fancy that? Old men to get this cheap plastic yeah. car. For Look like, what I have. I got one. It has a real steering wheel. Yeah. From from the Titanic. I'm not going to see the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's it called? The um, uh, the singularity. Uh, oh, the singularity. I'm not going to make it to the singularity, yeah. am I? <laughs> uh, please upload my... Uh, forget it. I'll just buy a toy. Bury me with the toy. <laughs> Will you bury me with the toy, Santa? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Anything for my seniors. <laughs> Have you been good? <laughs> Will I bury you with your toys? <laughs> That's the original Coca-Cola version of Santa. He was a, a kind man who gave you toys and promised to bury you with them. Never get in a car with someone who offers you Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> <laughs>